This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Show Chris Lapresti, Mike Fliegelman. Fliegel will rejoin me in just a minute or two. We'll take it to the top of the hour. You got Jerry Recco in for Geo. Boomer is back, at least for the first couple of days of this week, and then uh, he will enjoy the remainder of the week off as well. Geo's off. Al Dukes is off. The great Eddie Scuzzeri on the other side of the glass. So I want to get into the Yankees situation here with Fleegs when he returns. Not so much the Yankees situation, more so what played out at Tropicana Field yesterday between the Yankees and the Rays. But um, also, I'm reading a lot of these stories about the Yankees making the thing about um, how they haven't won a series since June. They did win a series against the Royals. They swept Kansas City uh in july but other than that it's been uh bones for the buzzard situation with the yankees and slim pickens and they lost their eighth straight rubber game yesterday uh against the rays so there's tampa bay doing what they've done seemingly for most of the last few years against the yankees which is beat them win series from them and finish ahead of them in the standings and you had things get a little hairy there in the eighth inning with randy arosarena taking exception to getting drilled by uh, albert abreu and quite honestly and this isn't just because I'm sick and tired of this Yankee team this year. I don't blame Randy Arozarena for getting a little fired up. And all the guy did really was like fake as if he was going to throw his bat. Not even fake. He started to like like he was going to spike his bat down. And I think thought better of it because he's frustrated. Doesn't feel good to get hit in the ribs or the back or the hip, wherever it was he got hit. I think it was headed for his ribs. And I think his left arm might have, you know, defended some of the blow. But it's a 3-1 pitch. Right? Yankees are in the midst of blowing this lead here where they were actually in position to win a rubber game and win a series from the Rays. And here's the here's Albert Abreu on a 3-1 count. The ball's basically in the middle of the righty batter's box. It has no chance. It drills a Rosarena at 95 miles per hour. I mean, at some point we have to understand that not every guy is just going to drop his bat and walk to first base. It doesn't feel good. Right? So, all right, he acts as if he maybe he's going to spike the bat down. He's frustrated. He's got a few words. Albert Abreu, just turn your back and walk away, dude. Who are you? What have you accomplished this year? So, like, I mean, all of a sudden now the bench is clear and they're holding holding each other back or fine. Nothing really came of it, you know, and Fleegs rejoins me here, so he'll chime in in a second. And orders restored, no punches are thrown. You know, Yes Network was having fun showing, you know, Luis Severino sprinting out of the dugout. Tommy Canely had come back out from the clubhouse for, I don't know if it was the first or the second, and he trips and falls. I mean, okay, great. Everyone wants to get in on the action. Go ahead. Basically, man, everyone's going to hug each other. No punches are going to be thrown. No big deal. And what does the Rosarena do? He steals second. He steals third. 
And then I'm sure is still chirping Abreu, who again, focus on throwing the ball over the play, dude. Also, oh, it's a, a two-run game up. at the time. Right. It's not yeah. like it's 12-4 and yeah. you should be stealing. Job, right. man. They're trying to t- take a two-run lead and make it three. Nothing wrong. Listen, you. I think you nailed it earlier when you said, you know, while it might not be intentional, we can't expect every guy to just drop the bat and walk to first. Yeah. It's not fun getting hit by these pitches. It and makes that, me think of five of them in the game yesterday. Right. And they, they showed the graphic 12-2. to two. The Yankees this have year, hit 12 right? Rays this yeah. year. Rays have hit two Yankees. Yeah. You know, we saw Alonzo react in a similar way on Saturday night. He's going to chirp back at the pitcher a little bit. If they don't charge the mound, they don't throw a punch. But if you're the pitcher, if we're going to say there's no real retaliation because these pitchers are so terrible that they have no idea where the ball is going and you can't blame them for hitting guys all the time because they can't locate their pitches, then they have to be able to stand there. And if you hit a guy, and especially if you're on a team that's been hitting guys repeatedly, then you have to stand there. And just eat it if right. the batter wants to send a few words your way. As long as he's not charging at you and about to come after you and throw a punch, if you're the pitcher, if if you stink to the point where you can't find <laughs> not even just a strike zone, but you can't avoid hitting a guy, then I'm sorry. You need to just stand there and accept that the batter's not going to be very happy. A lot of them get offended when, you know, you style on a home run. Now you're getting offended because the guy doesn't like it and drilled at 95. And oh, by the way, on the pitch where Rosarena steals third, Abreu almost hit that batter. Well, that and, ball and that's was even the close. worst one too. Not the fact that he almost hit, that he almost hit. Me. And the, you're right, there were a couple near misses yeah. in this game. Ian Hamilton the, hit right. two, almost a third, almost a third. Right, and that was my favorite. What he well, they says. also the, they had the one where they reviewed. Okay, he didn't hit him. Mm. Next pitch, here's a two run single over Glaber. And if you watch the Rays broadcast, they're killing Glaber. Like eh, Glaber Torres probably should have caught that one. Well, how many times have we seen that? I mean, that's a whole other story. But you're right. You know, if if you can't locate pitches at all, you need to just stand there yeah. and accept. Let them say what they want to say. He didn't charge the mound. Right. He didn't threaten you with the bat. Like, let's calm down. I find, oh, I'm a man. I'm a pro. I got to defend my... I mean, nonsense. Please. And, and then on the steal, like, again, he's still... It's a right. two-run game. Yeah. This is a team that is fighting for a playoff spot. Hold the I'm, runner I'm better. sorry. You know, I know <laughs> that this is where... Some of these players need to be better, and we talk about the role that managers have to have. This is a, this is not just an Aaron Boone thing because this is happening across the sport. This isn't me picking on Boone. At some point, you have to kind of, you know, talk to your players. And th- again, this is every manager of every team. Look, at, talking to the pitchers, if you hit a guy, yeah, y- you can't go nuts. And I wonder, Albert Abreu. Listen, neither none of us know him, but if you saw the way Jose Siri reacted and he charges out of the dugout. And the broadcasts think that they're he's about to run up on a Braves blind side and sunker punch him <laughs> and knock him out. And he had a clear line, like he would have been able to obliterate well, Albert Abreu. If that it happened, turns out, he kill Jose Siri. Right. Well, he says after the fact he's a really close friend of Albert Abreu and he ran out to calm him down. So uh-huh. I wonder if he knows, and hey, maybe Albert uh, he's a little bit of a hothead. I'm sorry. So I'm going to run can't. in and intervene before this uh, gets out of hand. But you know, it, it, I, I get why also the Yankee fans are ticked off because, like you said, in a meaningless season. Yankee fans are maybe more ticked off at their own play. Like, be better, throw a strike, get an out, instead of worrying about chirping back at Randy or Rosarena when he's on first, when he's walking to first, when he's on third base. I get why the Yankees fans are ticked off. You get why the players are ticked off. They, you know, it's late, it's the dog days of summer. There's just there's a lot of emotions flying around. And then, and, then I, and then you got Ian Hamilton after the game. You know, he vomits on himself on the mound, basically. He takes the loss, charged with four runs, hit two guys almost a third, and there he is hitting you with the, well, if they want to come over here, meaning the Rays, they can come over here. And he's like, I wish we had another game with them. Bro, the game was Sunday. 
you right, had the lead. You're still in the game. It was the rubber right. game. You lost. That was the game. There right. are Carl, no more Carl games. Sordon, that big prize, was the game. Right. Your big prize free agent. He melts down the best bullpen in baseball that the you know the manager and the Jets still want to tell you is so great. You're part of it, Ian Hamilton. You guys are melting down. You can't throw a strike. It's. It, it, I get why Yankee fans are so tired of this team and embarrassed by them. And then you have Brandon Lau after the game. Oh say, yeah. I mean, cherry that's, on top. I mean, that's like the like a, just a smackdown afterwards. Talk about kicking Sums guys up when where they're we down. Are. Brandon you know, Lau can. And, they're, and they're a last place team. And you can't argue with what right. he said. He's right. They're a last place team. We're fighting for something. We have more important things to focus on. Yeah. I mean, can't if you're be, the Yankees, worried about you don't want to hear that from anybody. You don't want to hear that mm-hmm. from the Boston Red Sox, a team that's won multiple World Series. You don't want to hear that from the small market, second home stadium for you guys. Used to be a laughing stock, Tampa Bay Rays. I get why. And I was always somebody who mocked Yankees fans. Oh, you've never seen a bad season, especially if you're around my age. You've never seen a bad season. Now we have. <laughs> up until now is, has been true. Yeah. You have no idea what it's like to watch a really awful baseball team. This group is still not going to lose 90 games. So Yankee fans haven't seen that kind of awful mm, season. 600, over 162 now. for a long time. <laughs> but starting around the beginning of July, this has been one of the worst teams in baseball. This is two full months where they have been just awful in almost every aspect. And I always said, like, you know, I would I would never feel bad for the Yankees fans when we got here. And I'll be honest, I don't. I'm kind of enjoying it a little bit. Hmm. But I understand where I would said, you play off so many years, you can't want to completely abandon ship after one bad year. I get why they want to purge. Because what they're watching right now for the standard of the New York Yankees is beyond unacceptable. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, and and I understand why you'd say one bad year, but if you look deeper, it's more than that. And I and if they went to the ALCS last year. I understand, but if you watch the series against Cleveland and you watch the series against Houston, or you've tracked this group and this core since set 2017, and watch what direction they've headed in, it hasn't been obvious. If you just look at the regular season win totals, the playoff appearances. Some of the guys and the individual performances certainly judged last year. But as a group, collectively, as an organization, the philosophies that they're putting in play, the strategies, the approaches, the lack of accountability at times, at least publicly. I can't speak for what goes on behind closed doors. And if you read The Athletic had a piece, I think it was Friday or Saturday, about Boone, a lot of the players coming to his defense and talking about all that he does behind the scenes and the team meetings and he's fiery and he's this and he's that. But it's, it has been trending in the wrong direction for a while. And it feels like the rest of the league and the Rays being almost at the very top of the list when you consider the restrictions that they have as far from a financial standpoint, teams are just blowing by them. And they have no answer for it. And, okay, we're going to bring a couple young guys up, again, from this farm system where it seems like this is the philosophy, this is the approach that's being taught. And Oswald Peraza is not hitting. Everson Pereira is not hitting. Anthony Volpe's had his struggles. I mean, they have guys that when they come up, these young guys, I mean, they, they can't, Esteban Florial, and a little bit that he was up here, can't buy a hit. I mean, what are we doing here? 
I mean, the biggest reason the Yankees are in the spot, and you're right, this is the one really bad year, but it's been a series of decisions. If not from 2017 on, I think it. I think the Girardi to Boone decision was a really bad one. But this team got back to the LCS in 2019, was two games away. But they've from never the World come series. as close as they did in 17. Even if you're going to say 17, 18, 19, they made okay decisions from 2019 on the end of that season to now. It's been a lot of bad decisions yeah. that have led to this moment where now it is this one bad season. A lot of this, maybe a good chunk was unpredictable, but a lot of this was something that many of the fans saw coming because they didn't like the moves right. as they were being made. And yeah, you're right about the young guess. guys. This, we're told, well, this new generation of young guys might be here to save the Yankees. Well, hold on a second. The biggest reason the Yankees are in this spot is because the baby bombers outside of Aaron Judge turned into a colossal Fizzled failure yeah. as a group. And it's the same guys, same GM, same manager, same farm people that brought all those guys through the system. Why should a fan expect any different result when they just watched how this last time transpired over the last five to six years? Why would they expect you can do any better with this next group when from whatever everything we're hearing, you're approaching it all the same exact way as an organization? So if it failed and you're doing things the same way, why should anybody in their right mind believe you'll have better results this time? And just think about these last few weeks for this organization, the history, the success, the reputation. They basically got caught at the trade deadline not knowing which way to go, right? Nothing gets done outside of Keenan Middleton, which essentially doesn't even count. And Cashman, granted, almost out of the side of his mouth, gives you the, well, we're in it to win it. You know, hey, Rodon's... Cortez and the Weisinger are coming. I think we all knew when we heard that he didn't really believe it. And less than a month later, the same GM is out there into a microphone before the season's over, before they're mathematically eliminated, before August is over, saying this season has been a disaster. How the mighty have fallen. And not just how the mighty have fallen, but like how they've fallen in a month, month and a half, two months at the most. At the beginning of July, as up and down as this season has been, we all expected. You know, remember they got off to that nice winning streak. They beat the first, the Orioles in the first two games on right. the 4th of July. And week. then blew those last two games. This team yeah. is still going to be a playoff team. They're not going to win the division, but nobody at the time thought right. this Judge team was going to Judge is coming back. Right. Judge gets back. You'll see. Nope. And they have fallen completely off the face of the, I mean, that one twelve and 3 in 16 series, the awful teams don't go through stretches like that. The Oakland A's, Kansas City Royals. Right. The Nationals are winning games right like now. That. Yeah. Uh, that that's Mets-esque for June. Even the Mets, as bad as they've been, they don't do that for two months. They do that for a month. For any team to have a two-month stretch like that is embarrassing. For the Yankees to pull that off, the New York Yankees, especially the New York Yankees that you and I have grown up watching, it's incomprehensible. It's not our, how would we say it, since it's our error. I guess this is not uh, well, a dad now. So my kids could say, this is not my father's Yankees. Right? right? It used to be not, I would say it about my dad or an older brother or an uncle or something. That's where we are now. That's how old we are. That's disappointing. That's what, Listen, I never thought I'd see the day. And I like, I know Eddie Scazzaria in there. No I know how happy he is. I oh, know how much the Yankees. he loves. Yeah. I know he, the first, one of the first things he says to me upon returning from Iceland was how great it was to wake up pretty much every day of that trip to news of a Yankees loss. loss. I loss. And he's seen it before. I've never seen it before. So to me, the thought that the Yankees could ever be bad or have a losing season. I couldn't put it in any kind of context. There was no frame of reference. I've never seen the Yankees be bad. So for me, I still feel like I'm playing catch up because like, wow, I've seen this happen to all these other organizations. Yeah. It's never happened to the Yankees before since I've been alive. You guys are going to get Y.E. Day 
as early as you have in how many years do we think? I mean, they've had some years where they've missed the playoffs, but this is probably going back to the, what we've talked, we've referenced 92. the 92 season. Yeah. yeah, but the um, the third wild card changes it because, like, mathematically, yeah, but it'll extend it. But the but not by that much. The, There's 11 games added that third yeah, spot, so are, middle of September. Yeah. I understand your point, Eddie, but that's how bad and how yeah, far that's how back bad it is. It yeah. could be mid September. Yeah, so it could be before the second NFL week. Speaking of the NFL. We did get Jets-Giants over the weekend. Probably not too much to take out of it when you consider the Giants didn't really play anybody, but I want to get Fleegs' thoughts on a little bit of a, a glimpse you got of Aaron Rodgers. We talk about the offensive line situation, the running backs, as he alluded to at the, off the top of the show, two weeks from the Jet opener, Giants inside two weeks. Thank God the football teams are here to save us from this miserable, awful baseball season. We'll dive into that on the other side. Fleelo on the fan, getting you started on a Monday morning. Jerry and Boomer coming up at the top of the hour.